I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Real spoilers powered by ReviewSTL.com. Warning. The following film discussion will ruin the ending of any movie you haven't seen. Example. Bruce Willis is dead at the end of The Sixth Sense. See how I ruined it for you? Just like that. Here are a few more. Silent Breed is people! I am your father. Get it? Real spoilers. You've been warned. Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude, this is Real Spoilers Episode 414, A Simple Favor. And happy birthday. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Okay. I don't even know where to go from there. Oh. It's I'm birth- old. It's your birthday movie. I, oh, this is my birthday. Oh, well, it's got Anna Kendrick. <laughs> you knew what I wanted. And Blake Lively <laughs> making out. Yeah, I'm I mean, just Anna Kendrick's plenty for me. Well, okay. <laughs> Fine. Fair enough. All right. He leaves more for me and Kevin. I'm yeah. a simple man for a simple favor. <laughs> <laughs> so before we dig in, let's go around the table and everyone can introduce themselves. I'm Paul. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. Just real quick, shameless plugs. Don't forget, we're available on iTunes. Have you liked us on Facebook yet? If not, why not? You should do that. Facebook.com slash real spoilers. And also, if you want to support the show and make us like you a little extra, <laughs> Patreon.com slash real spoilers. All sorts of bonus content for just $5 a month. So These maracas aren't cheap. <laughs> I know. I, ba- I, <laughs> I bought them. <laughs> so uh, there. there We did all that. Now let's dig into a simple favor, shall we? Yeah. So did anyone read the book? No. I didn't. It's a it's a 2017 novel. Same name. Uh, Boy, they turned that around quick. Yes. March. They must, uh, I feel like they must have sold the movie rights like... It must have had heat right mm-hmm. when it was coming out. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it said uh, March twenty first of twenty seventeen, and here we are in September of eighteen. The movie's out in theaters, well, and you know, I bet you they were gobbling up books like this after Gone Girl. I bet you it got. Oh, uh, that's true. You know, I, it might have been uh, purchased before it was even published. Right. Yeah. That, um, yeah. That's what I was saying. That's what I was trying you're to right. do. That. In in January twenty sixteen, it was announced that Fox bought the film rights. And uh, so that was a year before it even the book came out. And then uh, it, it was pitched to being similar to Gone Girl and the girl on the train. There you so go. Yeah. There, there's your answer right there. And uh, <clears throat> and then in June 2017, they still turned it around quick. But in 2017, June, they they announced that it would uh, be distributed by Lionsgate and that Paul Feig and Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively were involved. So, I mean, it is amazing how they can they can shoot a movie yeah. um, that The Rock movie jungle cruise with emily blunt i mean that's done like i remember them being like oh a jungle cruise movie's coming out and the rock's like yeah I'm g- we're gonna start filming it like it's wrapped 
Yeah. You know, and that's a big Disney movie. It's just crazy how like these people are busy, especially people like The Rock, tight schedules. They get them for those few weeks or whatever, and they can film a whole movie and, yeah. and turn it out for the next year. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I will say of those three movies, Gone Girl, Girl on the Train, and now A Simple Favor, I think I like this one the best. Really? As a film property. Yeah. Do you like uh, do you like the comedy element? Like, does that earn it more points? Whereas I don't know. I had already read the books. Okay. Uh, I had not read the book on this one. Yeah. So maybe some of that is because I could get involved with the story in a way that I couldn't with the other two because I already knew what That's the story true. was. I, read mm-hmm. God, I, I mean, I really enjoyed and read Gone Girl before the movie, and I thought it was a close adaptation. I, I enjoyed the Gone Girl movie. But I you just knew what was going to happen. But I feel yeah. like I enjoyed this more. Yeah. No. I, I hadn't read any of these. Yeah. And I really liked the Gone Girl movie a lot. I thought yeah. Rosamund Pike was unbelievable it's a great, in that movie. It's a great adaptation, adaptation and Affleck is perfect. Yes. Yeah. That casting with that smirk, the you know crap-eating grin like yeah. they describe in the book, and you see Affleck, it's like, jeez. How, fa- how many husband and wife couples went to dinner after seeing that movie <laughs> and said, okay, my blood type is B negative? <laughs> it's... <laughs> it, it, her blood, her type was to be negative. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I, it's a great movie. I uh, Katie has never seen it, and she doesn't like a lot of suspenseful stuff. And I got her to watch Sharp Objects, which was amazing. Like that is a feat. If you know Katie, it's like she just doesn't like. She will not watch horror. Like you know, Halloween. That trailer comes on. I go, oh, it looks that looks good. Okay, you're seeing it by yourself kind of thing but yeah. you know it's hard to get her to watch anything that's like tension and stressful she just doesn't like that it stresses her out but i got her to watch sharp objects i'm like it's not that creepy and it's really good and she enjoyed it so i'm trying to like i thought maybe that's a good ease into gone girl it's very <laughs> similar um, same author so did she uh, see a simple favor she did and she loved it yeah she loved it well because probably because it had comedy to it yeah, yeah. I mean, the stakes didn't feel as high right yeah it, and i would think i haven't seen sharp objects yet but I've read them both, and uh, I think Sharp Objects is a much darker book than Gone Girl. Yeah, that's that's probably true. Is it, was that her first book too? Or I want to say Sharp Objects was the first one, but I I can't keep track. I read it after they were already published. Yeah, I think all three I think, of them. So I I think it was that other one. Okay, uh, the one that they brought out for a second, the Charlize Theron one. And yeah, then, yeah. So uh, anyway, but Sharp Objects is good. If you haven't seen that, Amy Adams, really good. Did you watch it, Paul? I watched the first episode and gave up. Oh, okay. Well, fair enough. But anyway, so uh, but it, this is based on a book, and so it had the quick turnaround. Uh, really, uh, apparently the book was really good, and so, um, you know, and I hadn't read it, but I, I really like mysteries like this. I love, I, I really like the, you know, old noir movies. I really like it when someone is trying to solve a mystery. And I thought they did a really interesting thing with this where the main character of the book and the movie, uh, played by Anna Kendrick, Stephanie, she's a mommy vlogger. And I'm like, it's just such a up-to-date thing like you don't see in movies i mean that's a fairly newer thing and when they're writing stories you don't see a lot of that so i thought that was really interesting like wow that's a job i mean it is you have people that play video games for a living you have people that do vlogs on all sorts of things well this and eighth grade from just a few months ago yeah the the girl well, that's true yeah and she's not doing it as a career but she the main character is a vlogger yeah, yeah. i mean and it's it told is, through her yeah it's it's interesting but so anyway i i thought that was really cool and and very and like yeah that's that's totally a thing now and so she's she she does this and i was a little confused at first because this movie does the thing where it's it's told it starts off in the future like it's like 
her best friend played by Blake Lively has been missing, I think five days when this starts off. And so she says in one of her vlogs, like, I'm going to teach you these recipes. I'm trying to keep it together. But you know, my best friends, uh, is it Emily? I think uh, Emily has been, I saw this a week and a half ago. So. Yeah. Same, same, <laughs> same here. So, I, I saw it long. I saw it the, the Thursday it opened. Yeah. So. A week and three fourths ago. Yeah. No. But, uh, so, uh, she, Emily is, has been missing and she says my best friend. And so it was really weird, but you, you kind of understand later on in the movie and from what I've read the book in the book, Stephanie is a lot weirder and like really wants to be her friend. Like they, Anna Kendrick's character is a lot more normal in this movie apparently than what the book is. She's a little more stalker. She is gotcha. desperate. She is desperate in this De- movie to be a super mom. Yeah. She wants to do everything she can for her kid, volunteers for every committee there is yeah. at school, wants to bring, make cupcakes, teach everybody how to make zucchini yeah. pie, uh, all of those yeah. things. She wants to be, and actually is in some ways, that person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so it's like, in this movie, it comes off as more as like, that's like, that. she's too much. But like in the book, apparently she's a little weird and a little like, you know, she really wants to be her best friend and she's really desperate for, huh. so... um Anyway, so they did tweak some things for the movie, um, but but so yeah, so she says my best friend's been missing for five days, and so they kind of we go back and we see how they met. So their kids both are in school, and uh, Blake Lively is working uh, for a a designer, I guess. Is yeah, she's like a high powered PR. She's person. the marketing director for a fashion designer. Yeah. yeah, and so and so you know she's one thing that I I have to say her outfits. I mean, working in the fashion industry in this movie, I don't work there, but in this movie, the, these outfits are like really cool. I mean, Blake Lively, her fashion sense is really neat. And if you look into it, like she did all sorts of press wearing a lot of these outfits from the movie, like all her interviews, she did dressed up in these outfits and she was comparing her photos to like, uh, you know, like old movie stars wearing similar outfits. And, you know, of course, I mean, she's, she's wearing like the female equivalent to it, but very similar to like the male style, just really unique, cool designs. You know what helps with that? What's that? Looking like Blake Lively. <laughs> very, uh, very helpful. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You, you can put Blake Lively in anything. I right. mean, yeah, it's exactly. It doesn't matter if it's something that a man wore or whatever, a suit. It's like, yeah, it's Blake Lively. But I will say one thing like that is right away. Katie was like, I love her outfit and her style. So I think that's something that a lot of the women, you know, really appealing is like, wow, her fashion sense. And so aside from the story, and there's a lot of comedy and it's really interesting. It's like they have her dressed up in all these unique outfits. So really, really cool dress um, outfits, the whole thing. Yep. But so she comes up. Great uh, costume design. Yeah, absolutely. And so she she comes up to school and, and after after class and uh, the two kids are, are outside waiting. Uh, I think one of them, Emily's kid wants to have a play date, and she's, they, well, they, they want together. The the kids get along really well. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so they 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 want to have a play date, and, and Anna Kendrick says, "Oh, that's not you know, we got to talk to your mom." And here she comes, and she comes out of her Porsche or whatever, looking all you know, dressed up in her suit and and everything. And you can tell that she's really really busy. Come on, let's go. Okay, not today. Mommy needs a drink. And so you you get your first sense that she's. Uh, she drinks a lot and she's she doesn't seem extremely involved with her kid like you know it just comes off as really you've got super mom and then you've got Parent, lively parenting not a priority mom yes exactly let me go have a drink like you go play i'm gonna well, go she's kind of the stereotype of what every stay-at-home mom thinks a working mom would be like that's true you know yep. yeah exactly so you've got these two people on the polar opposites uh but she she basically says like i need a drinking partner especially if i'm gonna have these kids running around or whatever and so she invites anna kendrick over to have a drink and so they get along very quickly and so 
the the thing is when i was saw that first scene and they said oh my best friend's been missing for five days like i was thinking that they had been friends for a long time she calls her her best friend and i think that's your first clue into the insight of anna kendrick's characters like she's calling her her best friend but these people didn't meet that long ago like it more than five days that she's been missing but i would say what do you think a couple weeks a few weeks they've been hanging out maybe before maybe not even that maybe one week yeah Yeah. like it's it's, i think at most a month yeah at most yeah exactly so so you get the you do see that anna kendrick is aside from her like super mom and wanting to be this amazing mom and vlogger and all that she's desperate for friends and she's very quick to get attached and and so she's just really attracted to the not not in a sexual way but the power and the coolness of blake lively and, and the house and the house yeah exactly the house that, the lifestyle exactly and so yeah she sees the first thing she comments is like this house is amazing and blake lively is like it's a money pit it sucks we should do get e- out of here do either of you watch uh Big Little Lies? No. No. Uh, This uh, very much reminds me of that. And I also like the house. There's a house in Big Little Lies where I was like, is that the same house? It looked very similar. Mm. Okay. Uh, And if you liked this, you would probably like Big Little Lies. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, it's a really cool modern house, very upscale. and, And But, you know, it's just interesting that Blake Lively has this life, at least this look, and she's cool in the outfits and the house. And and Blake Lively is just very negative about everything. You know, her work is draining, and she always needs to have a drink. And the house is draining all her money. She has this husband that she, you know, says is terrible. He's a failed author, and now he's a professor. Well, he was a successful author yeah. who hasn't written oh, another sorry, book has, since then. Well, yeah, he had one successful book, and which is almost known. worse than being failed. Right? So, like you, she he, had it. He yeah. had this taste yeah. of success. And now he's like just a professor. And she basically says like the bait and switch. Like she fell in love with the successful author. Right. And now he hasn't done anything since. And now she's she is a working, you know, she's out there working. I'm going to make a list someday of movies about authors who had a hit book and then could never quite match it again. Because that is a trope that has gone on for 30 plus <laughs> yes. years in movies. I can't name any of them yeah, for you right, right? now. Well, no, that's... Sun, wasn't Sunset Boulevard? Wasn't that? Uh, he was like a screenwriter right that that's why he i don't know that it was one movie he was at least successful at some time but he was definitely having a writer's block right so yeah that's a good a good example so anyway but so as they hang out more and more uh they they become closer friends and and stephanie is really i mean really likes hanging out over there with emily um but we learned that that stephanie has this kind of weird past with her half brother and i'm just like this is really strange because so at first they're doing like kind of a truth or dare type thing right and she's like tell me the craziest emily says tell me the craziest thing you've ever done and stephanie's like like my brother yeah Yeah. right but she she didn't jump right yeah yeah, no but you know it's it's interesting because you see uh you see the flashback but she's telling the story and she's an unreliable narrator to emily and so she's she's saying like oh i kind of like I I met my half brother. I didn't know he was my half brother, and I thought he was attractive. But then, and we he kissed, but we stopped, or we almost kissed. We almost kissed, and then and she and Blake, Blake Lively is like, "You totally did him." Yeah, and and so <laughs> she she it becomes this ribbing that goes on through the entire movie for her pleasure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she was ribbed to, for her pleasure. Yeah, <laughs> very good. Well, I don't think they use protection. Actually, is the problem <laughs> touche? That's actually so. But you know, and she yeah, she calls. So her, this is a very common thing i don't know if you know that or not not to sleep with your brother but to have genetic sexual attraction to blood relatives 
that you don't meet until you're an adult. What? It, it's a very common phenomenon. Really? And so uh, they will actually tell people that, like, if you were given up for adoption and you go back and you find your birth parents and you have siblings, like, that you never Don't knew, sleep with them. They'll tell you, like, like, be aware of the fact that you could find yourself attracted to them because you'll have, like... Like I, I watched a documentary about this one time, and it was riveting. Just people that would m- meet siblings, like half siblings, later in life, and just become infatuated with them huh. to the point. Like the one guy, like met his half sister. He was like seventy five years old, and like completely threw away his life because he was so like quote unquote in love with her. There's a name for this oh. phenomenon. Gross. West Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> well, so like the they kind of breezed by it really quickly in the movie. I don't you know, I don't know how the book handles it exactly. I mean it's from what I read with the similarities and the differences, it's not like they changed it a lot, but I don't know how delicately or how quickly they go by it. But in the movie it's like you know, Blake Lively's character is like, yeah, you're a brother effer. And she is messing around with her, but she's also being serious. And she did. We, you know, that she definitely did have this relationship with her half brother. And it just, I don't know. It just kind of went by it quickly enough to where like, they didn't make it seem like it was weird. And I'm like, but that's weird, right? Like that's yeah. not. And I mean, I understand what you're saying with the scientific, whatever, but I'm like in layman's terms i mean that's a weird thing and oh absolutely i'm not like our, i'm not lobbying yeah, for no, it. No, no, yeah but, like, I'm, but i'm just saying that like it's a common <laughs> enough thing that like yeah. like experts will warn you like hey yeah. fyi you're you there's a chance you'll feel this way and you need to really right. put the brakes on it because because you'll you you have all these things in common and you have this almost like you're hardwired to love each other and you don't have another way to express that and you didn't where, grow up with each other to you, have that when you grow yeah. up around each other you like reverse imprint yeah. and it like and so i mean i see it with um with my son brian and my stepdaughter sydney like they've like they've been around each other since she had just turned six and he had just turned what uh eight yeah and like their brother and sister like they they don't you know what I mean? Like they're yeah. you, they fight and then they'll wrestle, but it's never weird. Like, yeah, it's, you know what I mean? Like it's, you know, like play wrestle, not yeah. like they're fighting and they're mad and they're wrestling. But uh, and but like when we first when I first started dating Crystal, we were just like, should we be worried? And now we're just like, they are so brother and sister. Like, yeah, it, you know, because they were around each other so young and for so long. But yeah, like like I said, it's it's a it's a well established okay. phenomenon. Yeah. Okay, but it's still very illegal. Like half half siblings, it's still legal. It's incest. Yeah, I mean, but not Tom like, is not lobbying. For yes, that. We, we want to be very clear about this. I have no for those of you who thought that Tom was lobbying <laughs> right. for half sibling sex, he is not <laughs> doing no. that. Very clear about yes. that, right? So, so she tells the story, and in the flashback, she's yeah, like, "Come on, I want to be on the Supreme Court one day. <laughs> yeah. Don't ruin it for me." Yeah. So, so she's like, "Yeah," and we almost kiss, but like in the flashback, then you see her like unbuttoning his pants, and they're like getting you know yeah. so it's interesting with the unreliable narrator to see it play out i thought it was an interesting storytelling dynamic too yeah usually you have the unreliable narrator and they show you what they're saying and you're visualizing that and you're like yeah they're full of it it really went down maybe you see this later on how it really happened but in this movie they simultaneously tell she unreliably narrates it so i thought that was kind of interesting but so this is hanging around and 
it's glossed over. And I guess now thinking of what happens later on, maybe that's why they glossed by it. But it just seemed right. very nonchalant to where I thought it was weird. Yeah, I will. I will say when I'm watching, I'm like, this seems like this should be a, a larger p- plot yeah. point. No, like she, yeah. you're like, ah, oh, you're a brother after. Haha, moving on. And I'm yeah. wait a second. I think I think if you'll pardon the use of this phrase, they're just planting a seed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but they also because <laughs> because the movie is made in this kind of quirky fashion, they it's a really deft misdirection. That's yeah. true. That, because and yeah. that you're you're willing to accept it as just. This quirky story, yeah. as opposed to like, oh, I see where this is going. Yeah, I mean, it's a this is a Paul Feig movie, yeah. and very different than Bridesmaids and the other. Like, did he direct The Heat as well? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, very different than his other movies, and obviously, this is adapted, so he has something else that you know he's he's basing this on. Uh, but but there's the comedy element, and it's handled very well in this movie. But this is. A mystery and there are some serious things going on in this so make no mistake this isn't the like you know comedy girls night out ruckus right like, you know this yeah. is a it, it's just a quirky it's not bridesmaids yeah it's a quirky mystery uh murder mystery while we're on that subject can, yeah. can we just try to think back to when was the last time there was a funny mystery movie maybe the heat qualifies i didn't see it but I know a lot of people saw it, Melissa McCarthy and, it's uh, more and Sandra Bullock. Straightforward, right? not even really a mystery. That's like a buddy cop movie, but they're okay. Female. So, do we have to go back to th- th- something like Desperately Seeking Susan or or Foul Play with Chevy Chase uh, and Foul Goldie Play Horn? is what came to mind for me. So that's a long time since yeah. that genre has been resurrected. That's yeah. in the, that's in the seventies, isn't it? Foul Play is in the seventy eight, something 70, like that. Yeah, because it was uh, Foul Play, I believe, was Chevy Chase's first post SNL. So maybe seventy seven, even yeah. Yeah, I mean, the closest thing I can think of, I mean, which, I mean, this may even be a little too far off, but like Veronica Mars, I mean, they made a movie off the TV show that was yeah. canceled, but like, she's a detective and she's trying to figure things out. Foul Play was 78. Okay. It's funny, but it always revolves around a mystery and she's trying to, there's a, you know, plot line throughout it and she's trying to solve solve these bigger stories. So, yeah. um, you know, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, that's a good question. You know, when I, other movies I was thinking of was like, I know this isn't the exact same genre, but reinventing the noir is like brick, you know, Ryan Johnson's first right. movie, um, it, with Joseph Gordon Levitt. Like, I love that movie. It's so good. And it took the noir setting, but set it in high school. So even though these are moms and they're obviously, you know, grown up, they have adult jobs and everything, but still they're not, this isn't like hard. It's, this isn't Chinatown or, or some, Sunset Boulevard. Right. You know, they're not right. these older. It's a different take on the noir movie. And so um, Brick was a really good example. The first thing that came to my mind of similar. I was just finding two other movies that fit in this category. Silver Streak. Yeah. That's uh, Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. Yeah. Their first one together, right? Uh, I believe so, yeah. And because Stir Crazy came after that. Right. And maybe Ace Ventura. Does that qualify? Yeah. Uh, you know, a recent one I think that qualifies would be Game Night. Oh, yes. Game Night was Jason Bateman. And uh, Kyle Chandler. Yeah. Uh, and if you haven't seen it, that's actually a pretty funny movie. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was a mystery and it was funny, but it's a different kind of funny. Yes, very. You know, and yeah. I love that movie, but it's not like your kind of glossy Hollywood. Comedy. But we had a whole run of these in the we late did. 70s and early 80s. There were yeah. tons of them. And then they stopped making them. Yeah. Yeah. This is it, it is very refreshing. I mean, it seemed very unique. So this is definitely not a played out one. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so we, we go forward from the, uh, you know, brother effing story and we, we move forward. Um, so like I said, uh, the husband, Emily's husband, who is Henry Golding, who we just saw in Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. Uh, this guy 
has i mean he's new actor like crazy rich asians was his first movie and here he is in this other movie that's doing quite well it's a second movie like i don't know how this guy just popped up all of a sudden but he's and he's, they, his i mean they discovered him for didn't they like i forget how they like for crazy rich asians they just they found him somewhere I yeah thought. i they I, found I, him at the henry cavill factory Right. <laughs> the the factory where everybody looks really great like a mannequin and acts like one too. <laughs> but at least at least he gets to use his British ac- accent though. You know, like that's the problem with Henry Cavill is they need to st- have him stop playing American characters. Henry Cavill, use your regular British accent, fine. But that American thing where he just talks really deep and like this at yeah. every movie. But they're both terrible actors. You don't like Henry Golding? No. I thought he was pretty char- like in Crazy Rich Asians. I really liked him. I thought he was. He does charming. nothing in that movie. He, he does nothing. But he has that look. Like, he plays the husband or boyfriend or whatever. Like, he plays the mannequin. Oh. I don't know. I didn't, he didn't bother me. They didn't give him much to do, in fairness. He's got a lot more to do in this, I, I think. I think they gave him yeah. everything he could handle, Tom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. So. He worked right up to his level of <laughs> acting capabilities. So... Emily's always dogging on him because of the you know one one hit wonder type thing with the book and uh, yeah they're very mean to each other yeah it's it's, uh, it's very uh, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf yeah and they and then they set up this weird I I didn't really know where this was going but then Emily says something about a threesome with the husband and 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 the TA one of his TAs he's a professor now. And I just thought that I I didn't really get what that connection was going for, other than to say like they have some weird sexual prowess, right. or you know I don't know. What I love the fact that Anna Kendrick figures the TA must be a guy, and Blake Lively says I don't know why you'd assume that. <laughs> yeah, and there's I, a moment in the theater where people actually went ooh. But I that's weird because in my mind that didn't cross my mind for a second that it would be a guy. Like why? That's because you are a guy. Oh. And to you, a threesome involves two women. <laughs> oh, okay. See, in Anna I, Kendrick's mind, it's two guys. Uh, <laughs> see, I assumed a guy as well just because uh, Blake Lively's character is so like brash and take no prisoners. She seemed like the sort that would be like, no, no, no. We're not doing the two girl thing. You're bringing a guy home for me. Mm. Like that. Like that's. Because huh. I landed in the same place Anna Kendrick did. Uh-huh. Interesting how everyone has their own Blake Lively threesome scenario. <laughs> anyway, so they they mentioned that. So you know they they're traded these these stories or whatnot. Um, so going forward, so this is a few weeks into their friendship, whatever the time period is, and this is where we get a simple favor. So Emily calls up uh, Stephanie and she says, "Hey, I have a, a real simple favor to ask you." However, she words it, and she says, "Can you take Nikki, her son, uh, and watch him? I have a meeting that's going to run." She late. says she has an emergency. Oh, an emergency. Okay, and so she says, "Yeah, of course." You know, Stephanie's fine with it. The kids can play. She tells them, "Hey, you're going to have a play date." They're all excited, and then that play date turns into she's calling Emily, and should I feed him dinner? And then, okay, I'm going to put him to bed. And then the next day, sending him off to school. And meanwhile, Stephanie is doing her thing, her daily, her vlogging or whatever. And she keeps calling Emily like, uh, hey, hey. And she's like, hey, you know, no. Yeah. But she's like trying to be super nice about it, too. And I mean, Anna Kendrick, I think we can all agree, is just amazing. Like she's she's so personable. She's so funny. She's she's just great. And so she's doing this thing where she's like, you know, hi, I don't want to be too much of a trouble, but it is. It's been like a day and a half now. And so she's doing her thing and and uh, just trying to get hold of her and nothing. Uh, So eventually, I think what she calls Sean, who is Henry Golding, and she says, "Hey, uh, did you know that I have Nikki? Like, 
Emily has been gone for two days and he's, and then he's like, she does this or she's done this before uh, he's away. I think he's, he's out of the country in London. His, his mother's ill. Yeah, yeah. She has a broken something yep. whatever. Yeah. And so, so he's like, I'll be back tomorrow and we'll work this out. But, but that's where we get the first hint where it's like, she does this or she's done this before. And so you're yeah. like, Oh, what? Like something weird is going on with uh, Stephanie. No, Emily. I'm Emily. Sorry. Emily. Yeah, the names. It's like I just want to. Maybe we just call him Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick. <laughs> so, so we know that something is weird here. So, anyway, uh, eventually uh, he comes home and he takes the kid. But they they start forming this relationship. Like from the very beginning, you're like something's going to happen here. I mean, it's pretty obvious that as more and more time goes on, and um, you know, and Blake Lively's gone, that it's like Anna Kendrick and Henry Golding are getting closer and closer, and she's taking care of their kids. And- well, and you could see. Uh, as soon when she first meets Henry Golding, that they have a connection because she is an avid reader and like had read his book yeah. and knew his influences, and there was definitely and she's already jealous of her lifestyle, and then now she actually she actually likes her husband, yeah, which makes it all the more complicated. Yeah, it definitely. And so so as time goes on, it's like she's gone stephanie or emily is gone and and uh they're they don't know what has happened but so now anna kendrick takes it upon herself to turn into a detective and and i really like this idea i you know and going back to like the movie brick i was talking about earlier where this high school kid takes it upon himself to become a detective i like that i like it's it's a really it it just changes it up from the old you know open at the detective agency and the you know the mysterious woman comes in and says I have a case like when you get these average people to become detectives it's yep. fun it 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 really uh, turns it on its head while still having the mystery and uh, this one has a lot of the comedy but so she is now trying to figure out what happened to her quote unquote best friend so she's going on her vlog and we eventually come current with where the movie started and- I I like how it's it's subtle but whenever you see her vlog every time they show it like the, the comments yeah the subscriber number is larger yeah and it like it's it's small at first like it went from like like she had, i think at first she had like 400 subscribers yeah it was very small and then like the next time she had like 650 yeah. like they didn't just jump it overnight did you right. read the comments though too yeah. real small but at the bottom there's always comments talking about i'm sure she'll show up and yeah then, oh it was the husband definitely and i mean it's like i mean whatever you know the people are always commenting it's hard to keep track because we just saw searching which there's a lot of social media comments yeah. but they were doing a commentary like all the the people are trying to also yeah. solve the mystery um so so she throws it out to her show though she's getting more and more subscribers she's like if you guys hear anything you know about my best friend help us out here and and so she's she's throwing that out there um but uh she another weird thing that we didn't mention earlier but whenever the two of them are at the park with the kids uh anna kendrick has a camera with her because she's like the yearbook mom that's just supposed to take pictures of the parents (laughs) like candid photos i forgot about this and yeah and this was a really another really big clue is something weird is going on with with emily and she takes a picture of her and emily is like i mean not messing around delete that right now like what are you doing and you know anna kendrick's oh i'm just taking this photo you know it's for the the yearbook and then she's i mean i can't remember exactly what she says because it's been a while but very forcefully hyper serious like delete this right effing now or whatever she says it's like oh my god like now what do you think 
I mean, when you're watching a mystery movie, part of the puzzle is you watching it, trying to figure it out. What right, did you right. think at that point? So when she did that, I mean, when someone doesn't want their photo taken, I think they've done something illegal or they've changed their identity. Like yeah, witness I, protection. That's type exactly what kind of, I thought. Yeah. Witness protection. So yeah, that's that's the first place where I went, and I'll tell you, I kind of figured out what was going on about halfway through the movie, and when we get there, I'll we'll bring this up but yeah at first i just figured like yeah she, or she changed her identity and she can't be seen what did you think with the photo incident why did blake lively freak out when anna kendrick took a photo for the yearbook i wasn't sure i didn't know if they were going to go with some sort of like witness relocation yeah. thing yeah. or if she had had a previous relationship with uh a guy who was abusive oh, and good, stalking her like, like yeah. i kind of Oh. It didn't seem like a relocation thing. Okay. I, I was leaning more towards that. Interesting. Okay, so that was a you know a clue like something more is going on here. There's a reason why she doesn't like that. So so Stephanie, after several days of of Emily's disappearance, she goes to the Dennis Nylon headquarters. Dennis Nylon is the designer uh, that Emily works for, and she she tries to get an appointment with Mister Nylon, and they're like, you know, he's not seeing anyone. Yeah, and who, she, who plays him? Oh, who was Do you that? remember? I can't remember who that is. Hang on. I pulled up here. Uh, Rupert Friend. Okay. Is that? Okay. Okay. Yeah. He, he's, he seemed like somebody I knew, but I guess okay. not. Yeah. Oh, he's a, he's a character actor. I mean, he's okay. been, you would, you would know him from other stuff. Uh, but anyway, she tries to get an appointment. No, you know, the secretary's like, he's not taking appointments. He's busy. And she says, I'll wait. And I really like, I mean, Anna Kendrick is just, she's cute with whatever she does. Yeah. And, you know, she sits back and like the chair scoots or she starts falling back. And so she like scoots it closer to the wall so she can lean against the wall. Like, it's just, it's great that she can do virtually nothing, but it's just, it's funny. And yeah. It's, yeah. She's so charming. Yes. Uh, but so she waits there. She's very reminiscent in this movie of uh, Reese Witherspoon in Election. Yeah, yeah, I can not see that. quite as persnickety, but yeah, but I I can yeah. see that definitely. I mean, she has a she has a very I mean, she's she's persistent about you know getting what she wants, and she, when she's on this case and trying to find her best friend, like she's going to do what it takes. And yeah, I can totally see that. But anyway, Dennis Nylon eventually walks in with his entourage, and he's talking, and she says, you know, Mister Nylon, I need to talk to you, and he's like, I don't take appointments, and he says it's about Emily, she's been missing, and then all of a sudden he gets really you know that draws his attention like oh she's on one of her no one really you know keeps track of her she does what she does and if she says it's important then you know whatever and and i think the last place that she had in her appointment book was that she was going to be in was it miami or yeah okay and so i guess he didn't really know anything about that but so he's like okay well we'll look into it and he goes up to his office and he's like yelling there and and you know he's not happy about her disappearance we find out later but anna kendrick hangs around and she's she's gonna try to find some clues she thinks that it has something to do with with this dennis nylon job and so she ends up sneaking around into the office you know fun little scene she starts walking with someone that's running messages or whatever and she ducks into the office and she's looking all around at uh you know in the drawers not really coming up with anything and then someone comes into the office and so she has to hide under the desk but it's one of those clear top desks and it's a she sees a picture of what looks like emily i think i I think this is supposed to be emily like well, I mean, it's hard to say without while tiptoeing around, but yeah. it looks like Emily for all intents and purposes. And uh, it, it says something like you've got to have hope or faith. You got to have faith. OK, so or keep the faith. Keep is it? Keep, Which is it? I don't know. I think it's got to have faith. Okay. Got to have yeah. faith. OK, um, so it was a picture of George Michael. 
and <laughs> no, that's a different one. So, so here's your other clue where it's like, what is happening? It, it's a, it's not a good photo. And Anna Kendrick remarks something like, "Oh, that's why she doesn't want to have a picture taken because it's a very candid photo. It's right. not her in makeup. It's not her dressed in you know these amazing outfits that she wears every scene that we see her. Uh, it's it's a, just a really candid photo with her just not looking made up. And so she jokes, "Oh, that's why or whatever." But it's just weird where you're like, "What is happening? What is this photo? It looked like something." the photo was like a like a blackmail photo or something. You know what I mean? It's the handwriting was really messy and it's a black and white photo. Someone sent this to her to spook her. You know, right. it was one of these type of photos. And it's like so, a Xerox of an 8x10. Yeah, exactly, with this weird writing on it. So obviously this was some kind of intimidation. But what does it mean? We don't know, but there's another clue. And so Anna Kendrick ends up taking the photo. Uh, she hightails it out of there. But I, I and this is when Dennis Nylon and his entourage catch her. But then another really good scene where she invokes something that uh, Emily had told her. Emily says, you know, you have to be forceful with these people. Uh, Stephanie had overheard Emily talking on the phone with Dennis Nylon, her boss, and she's like letting him have it. And Stephanie's like, you talk to your boss like that? And she says, that's the way to deal with these people. So she remembers that and she says, you know, oh, you know, you better get your hands off me because I'm going to. I have a vlog to all these thousands of moms and I'm going to tell them about this altercation and they let go and she goes on her way. And by, uh, let's go back to one other thing yeah. from the very first scene where Emily and Stephanie are at Emily's house. Okay. Stephanie's the kind of woman who always apologizes yes. oh, yeah, for, for yeah. everything. Yeah. And, and Emily is the kind of person who never apologizes for anything. And every time Stephanie does it, she says, don't do that. Stop it. Stop saying sorry. I'm yeah. going to slap the sorry out of you. Yeah. And that really makes an impression on her, which is kind of part of her state of mind when she's doing this with exactly the guy yeah and it's in the office yeah and i like it's funny when later on when it comes up when she as she goes on in the movie she apologizes less and less and later on in the movie she says sorry and well well i'm not sorry but you know it's just it is funny how it has an impression and she grows throughout the movie uh so anyway so she gets this this poster or um, she gets this picture and then she starts xeroxing it and putting it up all over town which Emily already doesn't like to have her picture taken or anything. And now she's posting this everywhere. So like my first thought was like, Oh my God, like, because we don't know what's going on with her at this point. Is she going to come back? Is she okay? Is she now dead? the hitman's going to find her because she's in yeah, this relocation. Yeah, she's putting this all over town. Right. I'm like, oh my God, she doesn't even want her picture taken. Here it is everywhere. So I thought this is not going to end well for Stephanie for, for just a photo reason. But anyway, so she's putting this up every, everywhere. Uh, and then here's where we get to the detective. So, so they're investigating this murder and Stephanie is getting very close with, uh, the husband. And so the detective comes and it's like, every time we see him come to the house to question somebody, Stephanie's there and it looks bad. You know, it just, it's one of those things where it's that cliche where we know that Stephanie at this point, at least isn't involved with the husband, but it's like, she always ends up being there. So you know that it's going to look very bad from the outside. Uh, but she talks to the detective and uh, she gives him all the information and uh, they find out that uh, through a vlog, actually, because she's thrown out all these feelers on the vlog. One of the people said in the comments, like, I saw your friend in Michigan. And so now we're trying to figure out what does Michigan have to do with any of this? Yeah. She said she was on Miami. How could she be in Michigan? Yeah. And now she's in Michigan all of a sudden. So the stories aren't lining up. Maybe they're just bad at postal abbreviations. Right. (laughs) There you go. Exactly. Um, So I, one time I was just, I was at a concert. We went, I took my wife to see uh, George Strait and, in uh, little rock and we're sitting next to these people 
and uh, we're talking to them. It's a it's a couple, and they're like, "Oh, our our kids bought us these tickets for our anniversary." Like, "Oh, how nice!" And and uh, we're like, "Where are you from?" And they're like, "Oh, we're from uh, what do they say? They're they're from Las Vegas." And we're like, "Why would you come from Las Vegas to see George Strait in Arkansas?" And they were like, "Our kids bought the tickets, and they thought it was in Arizona." Because they didn't know the oh, abbreviations, geez. and then they're like, <coughs> the su- the seats were so good that they were like, screw it, we're gonna go to Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> wow! But by, by the way, there's some homework for our listeners. Try to figure out the difference between the postal codes for yes. Arizona, Alaska, Arkansas, and Alabama. There yeah. you go, some homework. So, so one of the people on the vlog ends up uh, saying that they spotted her in Michigan, and so the detective. They go there and, you know, flash forward, and this is where we get a big scene where they find the car that she rented. Apparently, she rented this white car, and they find it in a lake. And at this point, I thought it was going to be one of these things like, oh, they find the car, but she's not there. What's going You know, what's going on? No, they pull a body out of the water, and this is where I'm scratching my head. Like, it just... It just didn't seem feasible that Blake Lively was gone not even halfway through the movie. Right. So, but because the story is not told in a linear fashion, yeah. she could still be in the movie. Sure, that without makes sense. Being alive, so that makes sense. If the movie was, if the structure was traditional, I would be like, no way. Yeah. But because they they have all these flashbacks going on, I'm like, well, they well, can still show her. Inf- yeah, she you could know, still you know, be in a good chunk of the film. Janet Lee is only in half of Psycho, which was purposeful. Yeah, like that was a total. You know, head fake on his part, on yep. Hitchcock's part. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so anyway, this part though, where I'm like, wow, this is crazy. There has to, I mean, in my mind, I'm just thinking there has to be more to this. But this is the moment where I figured it out. There's one very obvious thing. If you know what Blake Lively looks like, they pull this body out of the water, and and I mean, as far as most of the audience is concerned, it's Blake Lively. They just pulled her body out. Well, she's dead. Not even halfway through the you movie. You spotted the thing. Yeah, my wife did too. And yeah. when she told me later, I went, "I'm such an idiot." Blake Lively has a mole on the right side of her face. This body had a mole on the left side. I mean, it's a little thing, but it's like I've just I've seen Blake Lively for years now. I mean, it's just it didn't look right to me. I go, "Isn't her mole on the other side?" So at this point, I never noticed her mole. Yeah. So yeah. So at this point, I'm thinking, "Oh, it's." But at this point, I'm like, I mean, it could be many things, but I'm like, either it's a fake, it's a plant, a, a fake body, or some some kind of w- weird thing where they put the mole on the wrong side because they didn't know her. You know, I'm just thinking there could be all sorts of weird. In the film days, you would think they printed the negative backwards. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Really? Seriously? A- absolutely, yeah. yeah. But it's like, that's a mistake where it's just, especially in a movie like this, I'm like, there's no way that's a mistake. Like, they didn't put the mole on the wrong side of the body. So right then, I'm like, that's and a... You, and you know be, that Paul Feig is too good of a director to do that. Yeah. Right. On accident. My wife noticed something else in there. I don't know how much I can spoil in this scene. Go, go, go for, for it. Because, I mean, everyone should have seen the movie. But, it, I mean, yeah, this, yeah, like we said, if you haven't seen the movie, I mean, just stop here if you've listened this far. But we're going to get into territory. Rather than circling back, I think we're going to come to it yeah. now as we get there. So Okay. 
Blake Lively's character, Stephanie, has a tattoo on one of her wrists. Oh, is that on the other the side, too? The dead body has it on the other uh, wrist. See, ah. I I couldn't, obviously, because that's just a movie thing, and so I didn't, I don't know. No, I have to say that my wife reads two, three, four mystery novels a week. Ah, so she's she looking for the clues. She always figures it out before yeah. the end of the book. Yeah. She's never gotten to the end of the book and said, wow, I was completely surprised. Uh. She always <laughs> do. I don't read any of those books, but when I see this in a movie, I'm completely surprised. Yeah. I never know it. Yeah. So... I, I didn't remember that, but that's just another one of these things that, uh, you know, Blake Lively's character, Anna Kendrick sees her cool tattoo of these flames. Then I didn't understand that symbol. Like they said, oh, it's charity. And I'm like, oh, she works for charity. Like, I don't know astrology or whatever. So when she said charity, I, I thought it was a heart or something. What yeah, is, I, so did I. Yeah, I thought it was a heart. And she said something about charity and it went over my head like, oh, that's a charity that has that symbol. Or I have no idea, but apparently that's a symbol or sign. So she has these flames and the symbol in the middle. So I didn't catch that, but yeah, the, I mean, the the mole thing is just like her trademark thing. I mean, it's right on her face and it's on the wrong side. So I'm like, that's not her. That's This is a fake, uh, either a cover-up, a fake body or whatever it is. Um, and so, yeah, so they're like, oh, she's dead and everyone's mourning and they go to the funeral and Anna Kendrick is getting close, closer and closer to the husband all the time. They, you know, she's there and as the best friend, and she's taking care of the kids while the husband is mourning and and helping them out at the funeral. They're next to each other, and you see Anna Kendrick looking up. I mean, I don't know if you'd say lovingly, but at the funeral, she's looking at him intently. But then there's Dennis Nylon, is that's his name, right? Mm-hmm. He's looking over at them at the funeral, and she, you know she gives Dennis a look, and then kind of looks down or looks away or something. And so Dennis Nylon is really suspicious. I mean, not only has Stephanie been sneaking around his office, but now she's really close with the husband, right? And so I read in the book apparently Dennis Nylon is like at the forefront of trying to find Emily. So that's one thing in the book where like he's really minimized in this movie, but but they they kind of allude to the fact that Dennis Nylon is very right. suspicious, but then it just goes away. Like Dennis Nylon isn't really at the forefront. It's more right. the detective character that's yeah. questioning what's yeah. going on. Like you feel like they're closing in and they're suspicious of her, but yeah, but yeah. you never really get that. So apparently in the book, he's very much at like figuring this out and trying to get to the bottom of it. But there's always that in the back of your mind, like, like everyone kind of thinks, and I mean, it, this is the, the cliche or whatever. Like, like you think the, you know the the mistress and the husband are working together and they killed her to whatever um the other thing is too is that so we find out when the detective comes and talks to her again and i think this is during the scene where she's wearing the dress so at this point in time uh stephanie is like over at the house all the time and i, I don't I mean, think she's she, basically living she there. basically is living there i don't think she's technically moved in but i think at this point she's she's there all the time but she is like going through and trying on blake lively's designer clothes yeah and going through a closet and so she wears this beautiful black designer dress but then of course the doorbell rings i mean it's that old you know she's in the middle of this and she can't get it off because it's a zipper on the back and she's like fighting and struggling uh so she answers the door and of course it is the detective like they have one of those houses that has the big windows in the door so like he's looking through and sees her she can't like she peeks over to see who it is and see they lock eyes so it's like you can't pretend you're not and of home. course the dress is way too long tall yeah. way, way too long for her because there's a big height difference yeah clearly right, between yeah. anna kendrick and blake lively absolutely it's dragging along the floor yeah so the detective clear i mean she's over at this house she's trying on her clothes this again looks very bad from the the you know view of the detective but now he's talking to her you know she's she's answering his questions and he says did you know that the the husband just took out a four million dollar life insurance policy before she went missing and now is found dead 
And she's like, what, what are you talking about? And so earlier in the movie, I believe Anna Kendrick told a story. She, she talked to Blake lively and said, thank goodness. Okay. And so we learn in the movie that she's a widow and, uh, Stephanie's husband had died and we don't quite know how yet, but she said, thank, thank God for the life insurance. It was only like 200,000 or whatever, but like it was able to get us through it and pay for things and all that. So now all of a sudden there's a $4 million policy, but it's running out. That was yeah, yeah, yeah. that she says. So now when the $4 million comes up, you start thinking, at least I started thinking yeah. her money's running out. This guy has an insurance policy on right. her. Etc. I didn't, you know, for a long time, I didn't think that Anna Kendrick was in on it or had anything to do with it. But then as she was getting awfully chummy with the husband, she's moving into the house. I started to think that this might be like a real twist, like something yeah, I did yeah. not see coming. Like she orchestrated this whole thing. Right. And, 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 and again, with the whole my best friend is missing when they haven't even known each other right. a month. Yeah. I started to think. Maybe she's a psycho. Like, yep. I mean, yeah. she could just be crazy. That's what I thought. And she's the super mom vlogger you think is supposed to be great. And all of a sudden, she orchestrated the whole thing to steal the husband, get the money, you know, and so, and take over her life. And so, that was in the back of my mind where I never really believed it. But then I'm like, well, that seems like it could be going this direction. So, of course, she's, you know, she's like, oh, my God, I had no idea about this insurance thing, uh, you know. And so, it's a big shock to her. She, You believe her. She doesn't know what's going on. Um, so, so anyway, uh, at this point, as I think it's just randomly one day, like she's basically moved into the house involved with the kids. And I think she gets a phone call from, from Emily, if I remember correctly, like all of a sudden, like, no, one of the kids, her, her, oh, that's the first clue. He says, says, I saw mommy at school. Yeah. And she, and they're like, you know, the husband and her trying to talk to him. Like, I know you think you see your mom, but he's like, no, I saw her. And the kid is very adamant. She was at the fence right next to the playground. She was right there. Yeah. But, and then the next thing though, is like, all of a sudden I think she gets a phone call from her and you're like, what the hell's going on? And I'm like, is she hallucinating this? But it is Blake Lively on the other, like, are Wait, you... In- before that, was there the scene where she takes all the stuff out of the closet and puts it oh, away? That's, oh, that's, that's, that's right. And then she comes back and it's all returned. So, yeah. yeah, that's right. Good, thank you. It's, sorry, it's been a little wet. So, so they eventually become romantic. I mean, the, the relationship does blossom into a romance and uh, eventually the husband invites her to actually officially come live with him. And so she goes to the closet and she's like, you know, she doesn't like looking at all these things. There's this big picture in the foyer of like a nude painting of Emily. And then the closet is all her designer shoes. I mean, it, an amazing closet full of clothes and shoes and everything. But she doesn't like looking at all this designer stuff. It's not her style. And so she's like getting rid of it all. She's cleaning the whole closet out. And then she comes back like later the next day. And it's all there, yeah. which is freaky. That's, you know, it's weird because it's like it's just clothes. And this movie isn't like a a really dark movie or whatever but just seeing all those there was a very suspenseful moment because you're like well who else yeah. could have done that like that's chilling uh and so then later on she actually gets a call from her and it's like are you enjoying my husband or whatever you know she's you know and, and you're like well crap is she imagining <laughs> this is she crazy or is she really alive especially because like then they don't reference the phone call for a pretty good chunk yeah. of the movie right so because and, going back to what you were thinking about oh she's a psycho then you think well did she just imagine that whole closet thing 
And now right. is, she, is she imagining this phone call? It's so, it's, it, it, they do a very good job. And so, I mean, again, not reading the book, I don't know how much of this is the screenplay or the book, but they do a really good job of keeping you guessing because of the way the character's written and, and how unreliable, you know, this Stephanie can be because it's she seems like she's so great, but then she also seems kind of like she's, doing some kind of weird things and moving awfully fast and you don't know what her agenda is and then the thing with this the half brother where you're like well she's not quite like that's not a normal thing you should do so like there's some weird stuff going on with this yep. this woman she definitely has boundary issues yeah absolutely absolutely um so she's trying to get to the bottom of this crazy thing so she calls and at this point with seeing the mole on the other side i'm like oh well it at this rate like then that definitely wasn't her and she's still alive i'm like i mean I love the movie The Prestige. You've both seen The Prestige. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's all. I won't go any further, but I'm like, I've seen something similar to this. You know, I've started, like, I love that movie. I'm like, I've seen this before. And uh, and so I started thinking, oh, well, at this rate, she's calling her. There's a body moles on the other side. I'm like, she has a twin. I That's just, at, at that point, I'm just like, that's what it is. Um, but so she's, she's trying to investigate what's going on here. And... Uh, this is when we get a flashback of, of what really happened with the half brother. And so we find out that the, uh, it's like a birthday party or something for her son. I yeah. think it happens at a birthday party yep. and the half brother's there. And then the husband is very like, he sees the half brother playing with the kid and he's very skeptical of their relationship. They're like very chummy, very close, uh, stephanie and her half brother and he says is i think nikki is no is nikki's the other no nikki's the other kid so he's just basically like is is he mine is this kid even mine and and she's like oh what are you talking about you know you're crazy so then in the next scene like the the half brother and the husband are going out for a car ride and so we see what happened you know and and i think she had mentioned earlier it was a car accident to, to emily yep and so now we see them getting in the car. And so, you know, two and two together, it's like the car crashed. So I'm guessing that it was an altercation. Like they got into it. And well, the, the husband the, was forcing the half brother to go with him. Yeah. I took it as a murder-suicide okay. suicide because the, the husband gives her a very knowing look as they get into the car. Mm. And the half brother's like, it'll be fine. Like he's very smiling. He's like, it's fine. We're just talking, whatever. And yeah, the husband is pissed. He thinks he knows that the kid isn't his like he right he knows something's going on but like i i guess i just didn't at the time i didn't really even think of it like i i wasn't sure i'm like did oh, yeah. did they get into a fight and one steered it into the the column because when you see the car crash it looks deliberate yeah like it goes full speed no skid marks no skid no slowing down just yeah. bam right into oh that, that's true and that, like a median between right like of a high between two roads or whatever yeah that, that's true okay so i mean there you go so we we know now the husband killed the half brother and himself in that car accident over this issue and by so, the way i think of it as a suicide murder not a murder suicide one of the rare cases where suicide murder actually works Oh, that's Fair true. Enough. It does. Yeah. You yeah. don't get to flip the script very no. often. Usually, so, you commit yeah. suicide. Murder is off the table, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's very true. Uh, so anyway, we this see message th- brought to you by the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy your moment, Paul. <laughs> so I think this is more insight into Stephanie's mindset. I mean, we don't really know how reliable she is. She's doing some kind of weird things. She also has this trauma. So so we can take it as that she's been involved with her half brother and now. She's having a child. She had a child with her half brother. She's hiding it from the husband, and then her husband 
committed suicide and killed the half-brother. So, like, she's had a lot of trauma in her past. Right. So this does, again, kind of bring up the question, like, is she all there? Is she what she appears to be? Um, so anyway, so we see that scene, and then uh, she goes to figure out where where Emily really is because she's alive and well, where would she be? So she traces down uh, who the actual artist of this painting that was in the foyer, the nude painting Uh, earlier when she commented on it, Emily says something like, Oh, it's this person that, you know, I thought I, that this person would amount to something, but they never became anybody. I took it as, you know, collateral for, you know, whatever. Uh, And I think she said they had a relationship like they broke up and I stole this, though, in in case they would actually become. She was involved with that artist. Yeah. So she tracks her down. We find out it was a woman, female artist, and she's in her studio with all these paintings. Another Freaks and Geeks alum. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Linda Cardellini. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And so she we find out that Emily was her muse. Like she said that, you know, I was doing really well. Then we were together and we broke up and all I could like paint was her like all i could think of was her and so her art which is the same thing the husband said that like she kind of sucks the life out of oh okay did he that's he yeah he kind of blamed her for not because he's so obsessed with her even now right like they've been married for you know i i took it you know six seven years and that but that he still like constantly wants her like I, we haven't got to it yet, but this constant like meet me in the bathroom in yeah. twenty seconds things that she does you know, on yeah. board the plane and everything right else. yeah yeah she has a very interesting personality uh, Emily does so so anyway and and then now um, you know the artist is like just drawing knives she's like I I couldn't draw anything but hers so and I just draw these knives <laughs> no one wants to buy them so there's just paintings of knives everywhere uh, and you don't know quite what she's gonna do she seems, seems kind of crazy but she, uh, Stephanie says can you give me any clue of where she might be or what where, what do you have and she says everything I have left for her is in this box and then she pulls a t-shirt out and it says it's it's this Bible camp in Michigan which is where the body was found right. so so and it's actually really close to where the car was found in this lake and so she goes and investigates that and she starts talking to the two people that are on the Bible camp. I think she pretends that she has a kid that wants to go there. So they're right. like giving her a tour of the place. Um, but we find she goes and finds these old yearbooks. And that is when we see, you know, solidifies that she had a twin and it was hope, hope and faith. Yes. Were these two twins here. And so she keeps on doing her detective work and she goes and finds, she goes through the phone book and is calling all the people with the same last name and she eventually finds out where these kids or where their parents live. And so she goes and investigates uh, and finds like this old rundown house. Uh, the husband is like going out hunting, I think. And so, but the mom isn't all there. She's sitting. She's like very out yeah. of it. And good to see Gene Smart again. Oh, is that who that is? Yeah. It's okay. very uh, Grey Gardens. Yes. I don't never seen it. Oh, it's... Uh, it's a documentary about these two co- Kennedy cousins, somehow, cousins? Yeah. somehow they're related. Yeah. They're Kennedy cousins, and they lived in the Hamptons. But they like they went work. They went kind of crazy. Okay, and they were hoarders, and they kept thinking that they were going to be part of high society and wealthy. And and this filmmaker made a documentary about them. Honestly, people love the documentary. I thought the documentary was a little slow and kind of rambling. You're probably better off watching. I think there was an HBO movie with Drew Barrymore, okay, uh, playing one of the were they mother daughter? I don't remember. Yeah. But uh, but and it, it takes that documentary, p- 
puts it more of a of a traditional narrative and and it's a and the performances are amazing okay. they really nail what the uh, what the actual women were like but just about how crazy and they're living in this house that's just falling down around them yeah well and, it's a perfect description of what this scene is i mean this house is a mess junk stacked everywhere and this mom is just out of it she's like rocking in front of a fireplace or whatever she's just like you know in in a total daze and stephanie is trying to ask questions and, and trying to get to the bottom of this she pretends to be a maid or something because the the house is a mess and so she's like oh your husband hired me to clean the place up and i think it's funny that then the mom's like yes yeah, start in the upstairs bathroom right. and so she's you know just this is another great comedy element that you know paul feig is able to work in here and she's like well it's not lying i'm i'm cleaning the house yeah like, yeah she's exactly. really clean yeah. yeah so she's scrubbing yeah she's scrubbing the toilets and everything yeah. but she eventually is able to to ask questions She's like oh i saw a picture of these girls are they your daughters and and it obviously is a very sore subject and so the mom starts just talking in her crazy talk about these girls and then she's like who are you are you from the insurance company and she, and stephanie's like yeah i am just, which also shows you how crazy they are that they think all this time later that there's still going to be insurance money. right and so we find out that the girls had burned down their parents house now the dad was abusive right and yeah. so and so they decided that these two girls decided that they would burn down the house and run away and so that is why they've been on the run that's when we, we figure out okay that's why she doesn't want her picture taken so she is you know she's she's been on the run for all these different years and so we see in this flashback that the girls had this plan that okay we're gonna split up and get away and then we're both gonna meet up at, at you know this place at this time okay now i have to interrupt you here because yeah. i think this is the point where i have to ask it was hope and faith and charity there was a third sister and that's what the tattoos are for right mm-hmm. I th- but the the sister was I think it was like a miscarriage or a baby like it wasn't a triplet that like they grew up with and died in the fire or anything like that. Okay, that's what I was unclear. Yeah, about. it wasn't it wasn't the charity thing wasn't as much of like that wasn't an element of the story where it's like oh we killed our sister or anything like that. No, okay. the child it was just a, a yeah. miscarriage or something. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, not to undermine that, Still but it wasn't important. Yes, it wasn't important to the whole burning the house okay, down thing. Okay. Yeah, as adult, as teens or whatever, running away, or you know, there were just two of them. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, uh, so they're on the run, and they find out that Emily meets at this bus station or wherever they're supposed to meet up at the time, and uh, I can't remember whatever the sister, the one that is dead in the bottom of the lake, did Faith. not show up. Faith. Okay, so Faith is the not emily okay i can't because they've got fake names and it's like i can't but anyway so the sister never showed up and so we find out that okay so they live their separate lives now emily has this this great job and this career and she's a mom and is married and everything and then we find out all of a sudden the the way that the murder death came up is that uh faith had actually called her and was blackmailing her she said I'm going to turn us in. I'm going to admit everything to the police and Emily doesn't want to throw everything away or, you know, and she's like, you can't do that. Uh, but she's also a, a junkie. She's a she's, junkie. She's, she's got nothing. So she might as well. Lose. She has nothing to lose when she yeah. throws everything. No away. family, you know, because Emily's like, I have a son now. I have a family and yeah, faith has nothing. And so uh, this is also why, and we didn't mention it earlier, but now it, it's relevant. Uh, 
they said and that there uh, her liver was damaged on the dead body the liver was damaged there was heroin shot up all over her body right, and everything right. and you know stephanie's like i knew she liked to have a drink but like she never had any marks on her arms no right no and and she didn't take her as someone that was like a heroin user it just yeah. you know and she said no that's not her and so another weird thing where now it all makes sense and so you've got this junkie that's basically blackmailing her says you're gonna pay me or i'm gonna you know, whatever. And then she's just crazy. She's like, oh, let's go swimming like we used to back at the camp. And so she strips down. She runs into the water. We see the scene where then, you know, the Emily runs in after her. They're both in the water. And then Emily murders her. She's just like, she just has no other option. She's like, I can't have you ruining my whole life. And so she drowns her. And that is, you know, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Then. And so now we've, I mean, Stephanie's figured this out, but they're all, they're both now it's like they're playing this game of cat and mouse. Like, you know, she's sending her messages through her vlog. You know, Stephanie's like sending her secret messages to try to get her to come back and meet up. Meanwhile, Emily actually goes and I think she sets up an appointment or sets up. What is, well, how does the husband go to the restaurant? Who does he think he's meeting? I can't remember. Oh man. I forget was it who, an insurance thing or something? I can't remember. Somehow she lures the husband to a restaurant for a meeting. I just can't remember what it was. But then all of a sudden she's like in a trench coat and a hat or whatever disguise. And she shows up and she's like, it's me. Hello. And and this is the first time like he honestly did not know she was still alive. Like the husband is innocent and all this, but she's a very manipulative and crazy person. And so she is basically starts pitting them against each other. And that's where we get this real game of cat and mouse. She talks to the husband and says, you know, you're you know what what's with you moving on so fast this woman's in our house and and he yeah because she never envisioned that he would end up with anna kendrick yeah and and like so that was a wrinkle she just thought she would disappear for a little bit get the money and then they those two could could get out of could could move to another country And everything would be okay. Yeah. With the funds. But now it's, yeah, now he's actually had her move in and, you know, took her clothes out of the closet and, and, you know, she's taking over. She's being the mom to their son. And so he really downplays it and he's like, no, she didn't mean anything, which I, I, she's crazy. And so I, I took him as a very genuine person. I took him as he does care about Stephanie, but he's like, no, she didn't mean anything. But I didn't take that as. Did you? I didn't. No, really th- I took it. I I, I agree. I took it okay. as he was lo- he was telling her what, what she wanted she to wanted hear because yeah. he was scared of her. He was. Because- I mean, I think in a lot of ways he's an abused spouse. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she's she's the one. It's just it. It's not physical. It's it's yeah. psychological. So right. Yeah. So and I only say that because it's going to come up later that she actually Emily records this conversation. We find out later and plays it back. That makes Stephanie mad that he's saying this. But like in my mind, like the husband is innocent he does care for stephanie really and and you know it's just crazy pants is playing them against each other so then uh emily goes to stephanie and says this was all his plan he didn't really ever care about you listen to this recording it was his idea to take the money move away and do all this so he was playing you the whole time and so she pits them against each other and i i just i just keep feeling really bad for the husband because i'm like he's innocent and all this yeah and now i thought that they were going to either kill him or make him arrested and they were going to run off or something. And I'm like, this poor husband, he's totally innocent and all this. Um, But so uh, Stephanie moves back out. She moves back to her 
little house or apartment or wherever she lived before. You know, she had moved everything in. Now she's moved back. Uh, and uh, because you can do that in movies, right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Once you move, it's yeah. Once no you move deal. out of your house, you still have it. It can go back anytime, <laughs> and all your stuff is still there. Yeah. I'm like, how long are these houses sitting on the market, just waiting for them to move back? I mean, I know that sometimes it's hard to sell a house, but geez, yeah. like. Months later. By the way, good luck trying to get out of that realtor contract. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, can I just move back in there? It's fine, you know. Um, Okay, so um, she's so eventually through these cryptic messages and everything, she gets uh, Stephanie gets Emily to come meet her at a cemetery, and she's pouring the drink that that Emily had taught her about earlier it's this what is it a martini with a twist of lemon or something it's a, a very spray yeah. of lemon oh no i'm sorry it's it's a gin martini because ryan reynolds owns a gin company oh yeah avion uh, aviation gin okay. which is what's in this movie it's gotcha. ryan reynolds oh, gin company gotcha. that he just bought so like yeah i mean it makes sense uh good product placement there but anyway so it's this gin martini thing or whatever but she makes two of them and here comes blake lively with her, another awesome outfit and a cane and she's looking awesome and she's like how'd you figure it out and they have this little showdown uh but so now she is trying to get Stephanie to work against the husband. Uh, you know, they talk about the story with the sister and everyone's up to speed here. Um, and so now you think that she's going to turn against the husband and how does the showdown happen? I can't remember exactly. Is this basically where they lure, lure They all end up in the house at yeah. the same time. Is there, am I missing something in between though? When they meet up and it seems like she's going to turn on the husband, but then they're really working together. Spoilers. And, well, she takes out the gun and shoots him. Right, right. But I mean, am I missing anything before this final no. showdown? Because this is basically the end. Okay. So they all meet up in the house, and and then, yeah, Blake, Ly- yeah, all three of them are there. And, you know, in my mind, I'm like, this just seems too weird that Stephanie's going along and believing this crazy person and she's really going to turn on the husband. So I'm like, this has to be a setup of some sort. And she's, uh, Emily starts confessing and then Steph and, and, uh, she takes out a gun, shoots, uh, Anna Kendrick pretends to kind of be crazy and like mad at him for, I can't believe you would set me up like this. I loved you. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, at first Blake Lively's like, Whoa, hold on here. And she's like, no. And she shoots the husband. But then, Emily figures out it's theatrics. She starts slow clapping. All right, everybody, get up. She starts, you know, confessing to the whole thing. By the way, remember where I said I never can figure these things out, even yeah. though my wife can. Yeah. yeah. It was at that moment that I thought, okay, something's up here because the blood <laughs> on his shirt was way too red. Right. right. And I know that movie special effects people are much better than that. Right. Going all the way back to the sting. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, when the blood is coming out of Redford's mouth at the yeah. end, it doesn't look fake. Right. This looked completely fake, like the kind of thing her character, Stephanie, would make in her yeah. kitchen on right. one of her vlogs. Yeah. Today, I'm going to teach you how to make fake blood. Right. <laughs> it's very true. And it's bright red. Well, I'm glad you figured it out before the end, Paul. I'm glad you figured it out. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> you still had a couple minutes left to go. But <laughs> yeah. So, it's like six minutes left <laughs> in the movie. I finally got there. So, she confesses the whole thing, and they're like, aha, but we've got you. And she's like, oh these wires or whatever were supposed to record me and so the she found the two wires so she basically was doing the evil villain like the smart villain of like oh, i'm gonna confess this thing but i already know that you were trying to record me and i've taken care of that uh and so then she goes more and more into the plan and it seems like all is lost but then right b- before i i guess does blake lively have a gun or a real gun right or yeah because she 
because she shoots him for real. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, she ends up shooting the husband, and then you think that she's going to shoot Anna Kendrick after she's confessed the whole thing. But then Anna Kendrick's like, you know, say hello to my millions of viewers or whatever. Come to find out, she had a hidden camera on one of the pins of her dress or no, blouse a button, or whatever. A button. A button. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. It, it, a button. She had a hidden camera in her button. So she's, she's like, live say hello streaming to all. The whole she's thing. live streaming the whole thing, which I I was like, she's a vlogger. I just I knew it had to come into play. So that yeah. was cool how they did it with a button. I thought maybe she had a just a phone set up at a bookshelf or something. Right. But even more clever because you couldn't see it. They're so small. Yeah. But she's live vlogging. So I think that's great. Again, it all ties in with like, that's a very real thing that could happen. Now, maybe. let's just stop again right here. Okay. Because while all of this is going on, yes. the police are going to the wrong house. Remember? The police are going to her house, or I don't even remember where they were going to, but they're not paying attention to the live stream on her vlog. The police don't find out about it until the vloggers contact the police, and have then they they show up after the whole thing is yeah, over. Right, yeah, right, right, yeah. Yeah, because it's, the, it's the, the one gay dad who ends up hitting her with the car when she tries now to escape. Now, you don't know he's gay. I I assume he was gay. Oh, I guess I know he's gay because, I, because he's gay in everything he's <laughs> ever I've ever seen him yeah. in. Yes. I, I know. I'm just giving you trouble because yeah. he never has... A, I mean, you don't know. It's just like all the moms at school that are all very, like... What would you say? Like, they're all... I wouldn't say they are jealous. the snarky Greek yeah, chorus. Just, I mean, right. Anna Kendrick is the yes. perfect mom, and they're yeah giving their comments. I thought those three characters are the big weakness in this movie. Not yeah, big, but they are. They, they are a weakness in this movie. Yeah, they didn't, I didn't like them at all. For it, but he's one of the moms, quote unquote. Right. So yeah, I mean, you presume he is, but I'm just like you know they never say he's gay. So yeah. I was just giving. He crap. could be the stay at home dad. Yeah, come on. Uh, but anyway, uh, so yeah, he they. I don't. I didn't even remember the whole police thing. But what happens is, yeah, he's watching the live log, and so she is trying to escape after she finds out that you know this was all being broadcast. And so she runs out the door, and he mows her down with his Prius or whatever, and she goes flying over. Yeah, because it was lively. Because it was silent. Yeah. Yeah, because it's silent but deadly or whatever. you can't hear him coming. Right. So he mows mows Blake Lively down and and saves Anna Kendrick's... I guess, does she still have her gun? I can't remember why. I thought he saved her, but was he just stopping her from getting away? I'm sorry. This is what happens when I see a movie a week and a half before. I think he just runs her down in the Just to stop her from getting away. Okay. Yeah. So he he runs her down, saves the day. Uh, She is taken away in handcuffs. uh, And that's pretty much how it all wraps up. Um, There's a little... um, uh, epilogue of like you know a, vlog, a, a vlog episode right yeah oh yeah there's a vlog episode and she's like super yeah now she's got like seventy thousand subscribers yeah she's got a tons of yeah. tons of subscribers and then doesn't she say like and now because of all your help and whatever now i'm going to be working on my own cases and like it goes to a website or something where she's like got her own detective agency yeah. you know so Did, are there have they made more books in this is this a series I don't know i mean it's gonna be yeah i mean that book just came out in 2017 right so i mean i can't imagine that there would be even that much room but maybe I they just bought the rights to the book and the characters because this is going to be it's going to have to be a sequel or a tv show or they're something. definitely setting it up to be some kind yeah. of a fun you know uh, another mystery that she'll be solving but anyway so she opens up her own detective agency and then after that they go to the little epilogue you know, black screen with white text about where everyone is now and the only thing that i really didn't like about this is i mean stephanie's relationship with the husband seemed so genuine and once they all figured out that blake lively was crazy and like 
I mean, Stephanie was so good with their kid, with Nikki and everything. I kind of wanted them to be together, but it's just like he moved away with Nikki and now he's a successful professor or whatever. I don't know. I just, I don't like how they weren't together and I guess they didn't want to tie them down for future movies or whatnot. Yeah. But you know what I mean? But it just seemed like after they've been through so much and they were in love and so good together that I just felt like they would be together after the whole crazy incident. But they just did the, you know, he moved on and they said father and son are very happy. Yeah. And you know, she's got her detective agency. I think Emily's in jail for, 40 year or life or whatever you know she's she's away and yeah she'd been for a while i mean she killed somebody yeah so and attempted murder yeah and then i think i think other than that there's just one other little stinger i I'd like a mid-credit scene or something isn't isn't blake lively playing am i making this up she playing basketball in prison or something oh yeah and they basically <laughs> were making it look like she was taking over the prison she's running she, the joint she because the, she yeah she was the tough girl on the yeah block. because i mean with her personality it's only natural so yeah so uh, she, I got to say, you mentioned a few times how great Anna Kendrick is in this movie. Completely reliable because you know how good an actress she is. Yeah, she is very This dependable. is the best thing I've ever seen Blake Lively do. I liked her a lot in The Shallows. I think I first noticed her in The Town uh, back in 2010 mm-hmm. with uh, John Hamm. Yeah. What about in The Fighter? Isn't she in The Fighter? I don't think so. Who am I thinking of? Plays Amy like- Adams? The Amy re- Adams. Oh, that's what yeah. I'm thinking of. I thought um, she was. I thought she was. A, no, she was also in the Age of Adeline, which is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but 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 our most popular. One episode. of our most popular episodes. I we know. don't know why, but I, um, the Gossip H- Girl H- is H- where she started. Yeah, but I, I thought she was terrific in The Shallows a couple. See, of years I never ago. saw that, but everyone says that's really good. It's surprisingly and I'm not, good. And I we, saw, were, we were joking about uh, shark movies earlier. Yeah. Uh, that's a really good shark well, movie. I guess I saw the movie with the the two. The two people, open water, open water, that, yeah. yeah, which was good. I, I mean, that was a while. This is much better, is it? Okay, because it's just her and the shark. They for, fall for, in 90, love? for ninety percent of the movie, no, it's her. <laughs> it's her trying not to get eaten by the shark. Okay, um, was well, a day when she's surfing alone in this cove, and and she's terrific. Yeah, I keep in the hearing movie. how good it is. I just, it's yeah. I, I'm gonna have to check it out. So I haven't seen that one, but yeah, I agree. She's excellent in this. Um, I, I really like her style sense. I think her character is really well written uh she's funny you know she's very uh, it's a cool character i i think she did great in this um i like blake lively i would like to see her getting more roles that can you know show what she can actually do but they're both great together i mean anna kendrick like you said always dependable very funny such good chemistry with they do they really do they're having fun they are yeah they're good together there are some duos on screen that just don't work like uh that one with mila kunis i couldn't even tell you the name of that movie What's that? Which Mila Kunis spy movie? Oh, the spy who dumped me. Okay, which I wanted to like that movie. Was that Kate McKinnon? Kate yeah, McKinnon, Kate, movie. Yeah. and it's like those. I I didn't. You know that didn't work for me. But like in this movie, you know, it, they they were great. You know, and it. I mean, it's too obviously those two won't be together in the sequel. You know, I mean, well, I don't know. You, they you could have all sorts of plot devices. You could, I guess, but you know they're really good together. It doesn't seem like they'd be going the direction for them to team up. I mean, Blake Lively was the villain; she's put away now. Sure, but but I I really did like them both. Um, and again, this just kind of reminded me of a. a I really liked Veronica Mars. Veronica Mars is coming back, right? So they're 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 getting another one finally. Uh, they made a movie and that was it after the series has been over. Now the series is coming back. So it reminded me of that. I, and I don't know why, just cause of a detective agency a funny comedy, yeah, it's but funny. It's female yeah. driven. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I, I, I'm kind of excited. I think, a 
an, a sequel with Anna Kendrick solving mysteries like that's yeah I'm kind of down yeah, yeah yeah totally but yeah I really enjoyed this I did, I went in no, having no idea what to expect and Tom you and I go to a lot of press screenings uh-huh. where there are hundreds of other people non press who are there right which was the case did you see this in the I screening? did not go to the screening I actually bought a ticket okay how many times at a press screening do you hear the audience buzzing with excitement after the movie I as mean, they're leaving couple times a year maybe this was one of those movies. yeah i believe it and i turned to my wife and i said this movie's going to be a word of mouth hit yeah. yeah that's what and i i, I mean i was very happy to see it in the number two spot this week with only a 36 percent drop because it deserves it i mean i don't think it'll ever be you know a 150 million dollar movie but i could definitely see it being one of those movies if they do bother to make a sequel to it that the sequel outperforms because people will discover it yeah you know on on home video yeah i agree ironically enough similar to like austin powers yes like austin powers was not a big hit and that's but that second one was a juggernaut because so many people found it on home video right so yeah so yeah i i enjoyed it i paul feig i you know i think it's really cool how he's made these female driven films that have done really well i mean he's got a knack for it i he's he's a talented director i I uh, hope he continues to do good things. I I hadn't heard from him for a while before this. Like Ghostbusters. Oh, did he? Did he do Ghostbusters? I think this is his first movie since Ghostbusters. Yeah, definitely his first one since Ghostbusters. I had forgotten that he. That makes sense that with the cast and everything that he did. And I I like that he he kind of took a swerve. Yeah, like he didn't go completely outside of his wheelhouse, but it's like it's still like he's he seems to work very well with female cast. Yeah. He seems to work very well in comedy, and this is both of those things, but it's also something totally yeah, different. Yeah, no, I mean, this genre, I mean, other than female-driven, I mean, this is so different with the, the murder mystery type. Right. Um, I was not a fan of Ghostbusters, so I guess that's why I forgot, like, I, you know, I considered him gone for a while because it's those first two that were really good because I'm like, oh, but I had, I had forgotten. I blanked that one out of my memory. I, I was fine with Ghostbusters. Yeah. I, Me I, too. I liked it. I laughed. I, I don't know what more you want from it. Yeah, I, I would like to see this become a trend, particularly at a time now where we're talking about all these, you know, Me Too and Time's Up and, and, and getting women into more positions of power, all of that going on now. I would love to see this movie be the reason Hollywood goes, you know what? Let's make more movies like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is refreshing. I mean, that's the thing is that this movie is good and it's funny. It's suspenseful. And again, with the female driven cast, I, I think you're going to just keep we're getting more and more. And I think we're going to keep as long as they keep the quality up like this. Yep. Um, I love seeing it, too. I mean, because this is a movie that I mean, I guess with this script, with this story, I guess it lends. I mean, you have the mommy vlogger, you know, you have the moms, the fashion world. I mean, obviously that could be male too but you know i mean this story maybe is more lending itself towards being female driven but you know mysteries in general when you talk about detective agencies that's why stuff like veronica mars is so refreshing because the detective is always a guy right i mean it traditionally sure and so when you see a murder mystery like this and it is female led it's refreshing and and it's this movie is a great testament to there's no reason why it couldn't be and so yeah i i think uh i think it would be great to see more in this vein and and this is a sequel where you know some movies wrap up especially mysteries where you're like okay that story's done i don't really need to see a sequel but the way they've set it up and and with this character that we now know isn't completely nuts like at first i was like i don't know but but like she's you know she's quirky she's anna kendrick it's like I think that could be fun. Her trying to stumble through this world of she's not a PI or a detective, you know, but like she's a vlogger. But like right. to see her stumbling and, and going on these adventures, yeah. 
Also, yeah. also, you don't have to do, I mean, if you're going to do female-led mysteries, it doesn't have to be Gone Girl or Girl on a Train where they're totally serious. Right. The sense of humor is a big selling point for me yeah. about this movie, The Simple Favor. Oh, and I think that's where, I, I guess that's maybe where, so that, like, The Spy Who Dumped Me, it's a little different genre. It's the spy genre instead of right. murder mystery, but you still have this duo, this female duo that's going, and they're out of their element, so they're not really spies where... Anna Kendrick isn't really a detective. You right. know, they're out of their element. And that was not a very well-written movie, where this movie is well-written. So you've got the, you have the serious elements where it doesn't ever get too serious, but you still have the murder and, and the investigation, which is a serious subject in police investigations. Um, but then you have the humor, which is interjected, which Paul Feig is obviously very good at, like we talked about. Whereas like Spy Who Dumped Me was just kind of stupid humor. And right. so it didn't mix as well with the action. And so this is the example of like what I would like to see more. This is how you take that that fish out of water or that, you know, mixing the genres and with a smart script. And, and I think it was really balanced. Yeah, was absolutely. Perfect balance. Yep. It was a, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yep. I agree. Well, I guess uh, guess that's it for this one. Let's uh, go around the table and everybody can say where to find them. Can I plug my trivia website? Absolutely. This, okay. is, this, this is what we're here for. All right. It only takes a minute to play, and it's free, and Kevin designed the website. But go to it anyway. It's harrischallenge.com. <laughs> it's fun. It's always very, uh, I, I mean, it's topical. Paul takes very relevant uh, topical subject matter, and whether it be sports or movies or, you know, he's, he's really good about working. It's fun to play. It's not just... It's not these trivia questions. Sometimes you get these trivia questions where they're like, don't know, don't care. These are dumb. Like, I love the way that you're able to work it into things that are relevant. Uh, thank connected. you. It's yeah. five, five questions, and if you do well enough in that category, you earn a bonus category of five more questions, and then you're done. It's taken <laughs> up a minute or two of your day. And you get bragging rights. I mean, if you do well. If you don't do well, you can share it, but yeah. I mean. I have people who tell me that they never share it because they never get to the second category, <laughs> but they love playing it yeah. anyway. So awesome. that's, that's Harris, harrischallenge.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. And you can follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. If you want to find the show online, you can do it at Twitter at Real Spoilers or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. While you're there, join the League of Show Sharers and uh, don't forget about Patreon, patreon.com slash Real Spoilers. So that's it for this week. I have no idea what's opening next week. Night school? Oh, jeez. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to think. We'll have to think on that. Deep fried so, taco. Yeah, <laughs> so, we haven't done one in a while. Maybe that I. That, okay, I'm. That movie does not look good at all, and the reviews are kind of backing that up. Yeah, I've, I've read some early reviews, and it's apparently terrible. Which I mean, I just don't know that it's going to lend to our type of discussion. Just being comedies a, are hard to review yeah. typically because it's very pass yeah. fail. You that's either laugh or you didn't. Yeah, that's what? dumb. That's not funny. And or, there's another movie coming out called The Hate You Give. That could be interesting. Which is also screening for press this week. Yeah. Again, I don't know What's when they What's the hate you give? It's like a young adult book, and it's about uh, a black girl whose boyfriend gets killed by the cops. Uh, that she looks really good. Yeah. That looks really good. Yeah. That might be so, one. Yeah, so we'll maybe see. we'll tackle that one. So who knows? We'll figure it out, and you'll find out shortly we after We always we do. do. Yeah, so <laughs> that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, Tony shoots the albino and saves the Pope. Woo!
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 